Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every damn day for Saturday, May 23rd, maybe not every day these days because, well, you know, uh, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Locked On Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there, as well as the Gmail, which is LockedOnPadres at gmail.com, with any comments, questions, desires, requests that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them, and perhaps even answer them right here on the show. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Remember to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. And today's episode is a special one. And why is it a special one? I feel like I say special episode probably at the beginning. I wonder if anyone could look that up real quick. For every intro I've ever done, look up really quickly. Have I? How many times have I said today's a special episode? How many times have I said that? I'm wondering because maybe it takes away from me saying it if I say it after every intro. If everyone's super... Well, no one would be, as the great syndrome, the great philosopher syndrome from the hit movie The Incredibles once said. Uh, today's episode is cool because it is a Saturday, and I'm sending you guys out an uh, episode. One, because I said I would, because kind of to make up for the fact that I didn't get uh, three episodes this week, and this would be the third. So that's basically the main thing of it. And we're going to be concluding, I guess, this this what-if kind of thing where this, it's been what-if week the past couple weeks, and... Uh, today we're talking about Trey Turner and Corey Kluber, guys. What if, what if the Padres never gave up on these guys? Now, here's the thing. The genesis for this idea actually started with a piece that was done by Andrew Simon on MLB.com, which I recommend everyone checking out. I'm going to link it in the podcast description. Um, really, really fun piece for those who are just might be unfamiliar. Even me, you know, I've, I've been following baseball for a good amount of time. And just certain players that even I grew up watching, I sometimes forget where they came from, right? And I forgot about one, for example, was Michael Brantley, that he could have been on the, the Brewers. And it's funny because uh, this shocking thing that the article uh revealed to me was that they actually Brantley was part of the deal as like a guy to be named later Matt Laporta apparently was like the centerpiece prospect that the Brewers gave up in order to get CC Sabathia onto their team and Brantley was the player to be named later and Brantley actually only ended up going to the Indians because the Brewers made it to uh, October made it to playoffs which is crazy. So it's like they literally like this. The trade was well worth it. Like is what the piece points out. Like obviously this is one of those uh, trades that ended up being worth it. CC was uh, that season. I remember when this was happening. That's when I became uh, more familiar, even in my only exclusive watching of the Yankees days of CC Sabathia. And basically, he was one of those those guys that straight up carried a team. And I feel like that doesn't happen in baseball a lot, and especially with pitchers because they're going every like fifth day or whatever. But he was unbelievable uh, for the the Brewers in that 08 season. So yeah, check out the piece if you want, guys. And basically the piece talks about the Padres and it names two guys. And those are the two guys I just mentioned. The main one is Corey Kluber and then they give an honorable mention to Trey Turner, which makes sense because Trey Turner's career hasn't uh, necessarily... uh, We haven't seen the complete version of Trey Turner yet, really. And I'm going to start off by talking about him. Now, Trey Turner, this trade is, is one that... It's funny because... 
this trade happened at a, at the time, and it was kind of called a blockbuster when it happened. And in a way, that's still kind of true. Now, it's it's hard to say that, you know, these days, because Will Myers isn't exactly a, a star, I guess. He's kind of a, a an infamous figure, I guess, of the Padres kind of system right now. But it's true at the moment, and it's funny because... I talked about this trade a few weeks ago uh, on the Decade of Drafts episode that I did. This is like a few weeks ago now, which is crazy. It's it's funny to think about how Myers, his rookie season uh, in 2013 was so memorable in a lot of ways that it made his tenure in Tampa Bay feel a lot longer than it actually was. He only stayed there for two seasons. It was the rookie of the year season in 2013 and then 2014 when he got hurt and didn't really play. And then he gets traded. And it's funny because if you look at it from that perspective, it's... I feel like in a vacuum, it's like, oh, I can see why the Padres would would make a trade for this guy. Now, of course, that ended up being not so great because Trey Turner is one of the great kind of all-around players, I feel like, in baseball these days. You know, he's got great speed, solid defense, a good bat, you know, doesn't walk quite as much as you would like, although he, he got better at it. He had a good season last uh, last year with the Nationals. And in terms of great speed, especially, I know that the the Padres maybe you know I'm sure people would have gladly enjoyed Turner, uh, Trey Turner being their front runner of the the speed category instead of a guy like Everett Cabrera who did have that nice season in 2013 for the Padres, but obviously that was that kind of was it. He had that I think he had like 40 steals that one year, led the National League, um, had like a de- he was a decent player that year, but he wasn't. Trey Turner, obviously, and, and in terms of the long haul and more uh, over the course of an entire career. And Trey Turner is still young, so that's what's so interesting about this trade. And I understand why the piece kind of had him as the honorable mention, because it's true. he's It's definitely one that you regret, but in my opinion at the time, there are more indefensible moves that clubs have made than for trading for a guy who was the rookie of the year and basically didn't do anything his second year because he also got kind of hampered by injury. So I really do understand the Padres' line of thinking back then. I know that that's kind of crazy to say, and you'd obviously rather have Turner, but I really think that like in the moment, I remember that this was kind of a blockbuster. But it's true, like even people back then were like, I still don't like giving up Turner for him. But still, I, I just think this is one of those trades that people are, you know, it's easy to criticize it back then or right now, but back then it's, I think it's a little bit more defensible because I can understand. Of course, this ends up being one of the more infamous moves of AJ Preller's kind of tenure as the GM and you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens. And I, I've defended AJ Preller. I really think that he's been a pretty, pretty solid GM and an exciting GM at the minimum. Even people who don't think is, that he's been great can at least admit he's been exciting for this franchise. Right? So that's really all I have to say about Trey Turner, to be honest. Um, with the Nationals, it's interesting because I don't think he was necessarily a, a – he, he's a great player for them, but I don't know if things dramatically change their fortune. You know, it's easy to say that for almost any player in baseball. It's very rare that any player in baseball is like, a hey, wow, that changes everything. That literally took them to the postseason, that one guy. I mean, I thought of – you know, we just mentioned CeCe Sabathia, and another one that comes to mind is Yoana uh, Cespedes. That's a great what if – if the Mets don't make that trade, they probably don't make the World Series. That's how much he carried them that year. But it's, So it's very rare. Um, guys like Rendon and Scherzer are kind of more of the cornerstones that led to the Nationals being contenders and eventually, obviously, last year, World Series champions. So I don't think this is one of those things that 
straight up won them. This isn't a Kawhi Leonard Raptors type of thing. You know what I mean? That's straight up like if they didn't make this trade, they don't go as far as they did. But who knows? Maybe it gives them more flexibility. Makes them maybe it makes them more. It maybe it makes it a little bit more feasible for them to give up on certain players. Maybe pay for other certain players. I don't know. But the what if is more interesting on the Padres side of things for sure because they could have had an excellent uh, shortstop. Thankfully. They end up getting Fernando Tatis in the great uh, James Shield trade. But it's also fair to say, you know, it, it just kind of stinks. Because also Trey Turner could play like second base. And we don't really have a as much of a sure thing at second base, I guess you could say. Especially the past few years. But really quickly, before I talk about the next what-if scenario, I want to take a second, guys, to talk to you about Built Bar. Yes, that's right. The homies, we're talking about them again. I talked about their cherry flavor just the other day. It's... It's funny because the first flavor I had of theirs, I'm just going to be 100%. I bit into it and I was like, oh yeah, this is, a, this is a protein bar. And then I bit again and I bit again and I was like, oh yeah, this is a protein bar. Like protein bars, I'm not used to them necessarily tasting so so good. And that's what's so awesome about them. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a, a candy bar. They've got all sorts of flavors. They've got mango. They've got cherry. They've got toffee, almond, salted caramel, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, peanut butter fudge. Probably fudge. I'm forgetting some of the flavors right now. A coconut flavor that was surprisingly super enjoyable. I was not expecting that. I enjoy me some uh, almond joys and mounds every now and then, but coconut is definitely not a flavor that I I vibe with particularly, and I really loved it. Um, and they're also soft and easy to chew, and covered in 100% chocolate. But of course, we could talk about taste all day, guys. But that's all about how healthy they are. They're great for anyone who's trying to be health conscious these days. And I know that's you know kind of hard given that. You know, I, I'm, I definitely consider myself someone who tends to be a stress eater. I love eating all the, the best foods and by best, I mean not necessarily best for me and health-wise sort of foods when we're in stressful times. Um, and for others, you know, it, it's it's a little bit easier, but for me, it's certainly not. And during these times, I know people are trying to stay in shape and whatnot, and I think Built Bar is a great way for you to kind of uh, try and do that. Just puts you in a positive vibe. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in the treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on in order to get $10 off your first order. Remember that is promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. With that now said and done out of the way, that was kind of like my, I think my longest read I think I've done. My longest little uh, bit I think I've done for Built Bar there. So shout out to Built Bar. But anyway, back to the podcast. Now we are talking about Corey Kluber, guys. And guys, in the piece, this is the main, the Andrew Simon piece that I mentioned. This is the main guy that they bring up with the with the Padres, and let me just read that little bit for you. Kluber was not exactly a prized prospect, although he did show an ability to pile up strikeouts during three seasons in the Padres' system. At the 2010 trade deadline, he was the Indians' return as part of a three-team deal in which Cleveland sent starter Jake Westbrook to St. Louis, which shipped outfielder Ryan Ludwig to San Diego. There were more bumps in the road ahead for Kluber, but Klubot version 2.0 rolled out in 2013, and the righty went on to win two AL Cy Young awards in the following four seasons. Now here's the thing, the piece touches on it, and I also read another piece that I recommend everyone checking out from Beyond the Box Score uh, on SB Nation. It's by, let me just check here, it is by Spencer Bingle. Hopefully I said that last name correctly. And really what what's interesting and what I love about this this talk is I was already kind of semi-defending the Trey Turner trade, right? Because you know me, guys young, 
And we don't know how prospects are going to turn out. I know he was highly touted to a degree at that time. But still, you never know. And you see Will Myers. We kind of had an idea. He won Rookie of the Year. This Kluber thing is even more, in my opinion, defensible. Because he was a fourth-round draft pick. And not only that, he was never ranked, even while he's with the Padres, which this piece on Beyond the Box Score goes into, he was never even ranked as like a top prospect in the Padres system. You know, so it's not like they there was even any type of potential. This is very much kind of offloading a guy that you weren't necessarily looking uh, at as being a big league arm. And he was also a prospect at age 24, which is kind of old, you know, and he was in double A. So this really is one of those guys that nobody really expected this. I mean, yeah, he had this potential to be a, a guy who ate innings and maybe made it to the majors possibly, but it was never one of those obvious things as unlike, you know, Trey Turner, who I think at some point we knew that guy was going to make the majors, right? You know, it's funny because his rise to prominence out of seemingly nowhere, at that in Kluber, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Jacob deGrom to a degree in the sense that deGrom just kind of got called up at one point and just became Jacob deGrom. You know what I mean? He just, he was awesome. I remember having him on my fantasy team that first year and no one, everyone was like, who is this guy? Like nobody really knew who Jacob deGrom was. At least that's what my kind of uh, feelings were around the time when this happened. And the same happens with Corey Kluber. And Corey Kluber becomes just a beast. Like I said, he won two Cy Young Awards um, for the Indians, and he was awesome. I mean, he had a pair of seasons where he had an ERA of, let's see here, uh, a 2.4 ERA. That's when he won a Cy Young. And the next time he won a Cy Young, a 2.25 ERA, 265 strikeouts. I mean, he, and he's always been good. That's what's so funny. He's basically been good this entire time. And... He's also had that he has this incredible video that I recommend everyone checking out. Um, it was when people, I think his teammates, uh, the Indians, maybe the year they made the World Series, I'm not sure which year it was, uh, were just throwing like flour on him, I think, in the dugout, and he just kept a completely straight face throughout the entire thing. So, Corey Kluber, kind of a little character in a way. And the Padres, what do they get in return for this? Ryan Ludwig who basically never made an impact for them. And I mentioned for them because I know he ended up having a couple of more interesting seasons with the Cardinals later on and with other teams. I think he had one particularly uh, great season with the, 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 the Cardinals, but nothing, obviously, for the Padres. Really didn't play for them, barely at all, honestly. So, obviously, this was, this was definitely a more lopsided trade than the Will Myers one, but this is one that is more actually defensible. You know what I mean? The Will Myers one, people still, like I said, I've said this a couple times already, but people were high on um, Trey Turner to an extent, and we knew he was probably going to make the majors. Corey Kluber is one of those guys, like, whoever says, like, oh, my God, I knew that shouldn't have traded Corey Kluber. Like, they're just kidding themselves, honestly. Seriously, the guy wasn't even ranked as a top prospect in their own system. That's when you know. You know what I mean? Like, that's when you know people really weren't thinking about this guy. And he ends up winning the, the friggin' Cy Young twice. And for a little bit of a, a what-if in terms of kind of the other side of things, and that's for the Indians, I mentioned before that Trey Turner, not necessarily a focal point piece of the team, great player, but not necessarily something that I feel like changes their fortunes as much. It's possible to say, you look at Corey Kluber's postseason numbers when they make that, that uh, 2016 World Series run, which they end up losing to the Cubs, of course, but still, he was great in the postseason. He was great in the ALDS and the ALCS and pretty great in the World Series, too. So is it possible that they maybe don't make the World Series if they have that for sure ace in Corey Kluber? 
I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a little bit fair to decide because, you know, I feel like having that ace starter on a team is really, really big, especially when progressing through the playoffs. Now, I know that they also had guys like Trevor Bauer and Danny Salazar and Carlos Carrasco, but, you know, first of all, Trevor Bauer wasn't as good that year. I know he got a little bit better the following years. Um, And honestly, Trevor Bauer is more famous for uh, his personality, I would say, than his playing career to an extent. And if Carrasco, maybe, you know, that 2016 season's funny because if Carrasco developed faster and was more consistently that number one caliber guy, maybe they end up beating the Cubs, maybe. Or if Danny Salazar was a little bit better at that time, who's a player that I still kind of believe in, by the way. I like Danny Salazar. I think he's got uh, pretty good stuff. I think that he's also still young. I think he's only like 29, so I'm still believing that guy. But anyway, um, so this might be actually one of those those trades where if the Indians don't acquire Corey Kluber, maybe they don't make the World Series. Or maybe they are a wild card team and then they get eliminated by somebody instead, instead of having that epic 94-win season that they did in 2016. Now he's actually uh, on the Rangers, which I actually think is a sneaky, like, kind of awesome signing. For the Rangers, because, yeah, he's 33, he's getting up there a little bit on the wrong side of 30 um, in terms of age, but it's not like we've seen for sure that he's bad. You know what I mean? Corey Kluber, he basically didn't play last year, he basically didn't pitch, he was kind of hurt, so honestly, I think that, and his, and his, his season before that, he was pretty good too, he was Cy Young voting, uh, finished third in Cy Young voting which is nuts. So basically the last time we saw Corey Kluber like in full health mode, he was great. So I actually think the Rangers could, um, that that might be a sneaky, like awesome signing for them that I think that I was a little bit surprised on the market for him, honestly, uh, with Corey Kluber. But yeah, that's really it. I really recommend you guys checking out the stats and all the numbers and all that because Kluber is just awesome. And like I said, check out that video too of his um, uh, uh, reaction to people just throwing stuff on him and just being completely kind of... um, being completely unfazed by the entire thing, you know what I mean? It was, it's just a really funny video. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that you look back at in general when it comes to what if scenarios. I know there's a lot of like individual game moments that I'm not fully aware of, but I feel like these trades are really fun to talk about, and this piece really brought it to brought it to light. And it's just funny that both of them happened in the last like decade or so. Um, Myers still got hope for the guy to a degree, and who knows if he ends up. That's why I think this is is interesting because this what if isn't as final as the Corey Kluber one. Corey Kluber one, bottom line, great player, almost nearly won the Indians a World Series, was great for them, led to their their playoff run, all that, right? Two Cy Youngs, one of the great pitching stretches in the last decade, right? Especially for the American League. But with the Trey Turner trade, I mean, it's not completely unfeasible that Will Myers has a good season. It's not completely. He's still like 29, that's the thing is Will Myers is annoying with the contract and all that stuff, and it's unfortunate that he is such a liability defensively. And the other thing, by the way, is maybe, maybe not. Here's another thing that goes forward for uh, my case for why Will Myers, maybe this the, the oral history of this trade isn't complete. Apparently the, the universal DH might get is gaining traction. It's getting more traction to be instituted. So that would really help for guys like Will Myers, who we don't really want to see play defense. Hasn't been very good there, so I don't know. I, I'm just saying this one isn't as finalized um, as the rest, but it is still a great what if uh, for the Padres. And the Kluber one is just really just insane. Uh, I, I remember when he first blew up. It was just a, a nutty kind of thing to, to witness. Um, but yeah, that's it, guys, for today's kind of shorter, uh, you know, less in-depth, I guess you could say, uh, edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. Uh, I didn't want to 
you know, get too boiled down into numbers today. I I felt like the I didn't want to just plagiarize the piece that I was reading on all the numbers for Kluber and whatnot. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of this throwback to these uh, incredible moments that really changed the team. Who knows? Is there a scenario in which the team has both Trey Turner and Corey Kluber on the team, and they're like a 90-win team because they never make that trade? Fernando Tatis is playing short and Trey Turner at second. Who knows? That's why it is what if. And with that final line being said, that about does it officially for today's Saturday edition. Saturday. Saturday edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Himalaya, SoundCloud, not SoundCloud, not SoundCloud, Overcast app, whatever. Uh, follow the show or myself on Twitter. And if you guys would do me a favor and tell your smart devices to play Lockdown MLB, hosted by the man Sully, great podcast. I listen to it. I, I really do. I'm not just saying that because I'm a I'm a Lockdown dude. I genuinely listen to it and enjoy it like every day. It's it's great. Sully's awesome. Uh, and hopefully we get some baseball back so Sully stops losing his mind over all the proposals and all the the kind of crazy details we get, how we keep getting updated stories like every day. And he's like, I don't know what we're doing, all that stuff. So hopefully uh, everybody pray for Sully, I guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, until next time, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful, my Friday faithful homies. Take care.